Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside Aaron. Hey! And John's not here, so obviously, Dave, you're here. How's it going? The feud continues. The feud continues. Um, no, John tonight, um, because as I say, Dave's in the room, so uh, John has obviously decided he has something, he doesn't you, want to you be can, here. You should sit, when when John texts saying that he wasn't going to be able to make it, Dave's automatic text was, well, since John's not going to be there, I'm definitely coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you feel like you know? I know you don't really want to talk about it on, on um, you know, on, on live, you know, live on the podcast and stuff about you know what is going on. But you know, you're you're heading over to Scotland next weekend for the the Belfast Giants doubleheader in Scotland. Um, I think Glasgow and Dundee or Fife. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have to see him because you're staying with him in Fife. So yeah. you're going to have to bury the hatchet at that point. So uh, you know, maybe, maybe you will bury the hatchet. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, it'd be very awkward if you go to his house and you're just not talking. Um, I I think it's been an, an amazing marketing campaign. I think they've just made up this like, feud that doesn't exist just just for marketing. Um, or as we said, are they uh, are they act? Do they actually exist? You'll have to take a picture of the two of you together again in in Scotland, just so we can remember that you are actually two separate people. People, I was that's a, that's a really good point. Um, John is missing tonight. Um, he's not feeling well, so he's uh, he's on the injury list tonight or the sick list tonight. So uh, we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, hopefully, he's feeling better soon. Um, guys, it has been two weeks since our last podcast, um, and quite significant things have happened since our last recording. But before we get to that, um, as usual, just checking in with you to see how things are going dave how are you getting on yeah good 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 um super busy but uh yeah that's life these days it is indeed it's always <laughs> always busy and aaron what about yourself yeah no uh, uh everything's pretty cool at the moment yeah um i haven't i haven't got to the, a game recently and, and i think this this weekend's jam-packed i think i read somewhere that it's uh, the bulls out yeah. is it the full bulls out yeah yep, yeah yep. yeah um, so read sold that, out. Read that today that the um for the first time this season the Belfast Giants um have brought out the elusive, shall we say, uh, East Stand, um, which mm. um is is good to see. Uh, we love we love getting to see it when whenever it's the the, the full bowl in inverted commas for the podcast listeners. Yeah. Um, we we love it. Um, it just shows at that point you know it's the end of the season coming because the crowds are getting bigger and bigger um and just they're just not fitting they're just they're trying to fit in more people because more people are wanting to come to the games uh we're going to get the two big things about attendance later on i know we talked about dave me and you talked about attendance figures last in the last episode but there was a really interesting statistics and information put out um last week in relation to elite league figures and stats so we'll, we'll go through those maybe later on in period one and, and we're also going to talk about the um i suppose uh, the interesting Challenge Cup dynamic that was happening, but also the fact that the Challenge Cup has now been decided, and we'll talk about that as well in period one. Um, but before we do get to that, um, guys, let's do as we normally do and just take a quick whoa, look. Whoa, 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 Yeah. What about you? Oh, we never I, do that. I recall, I recall something pretty exciting happened. One of the last games... Was it that you went to? Oh yeah, no, we talked about that in the last episode. Did you not listen? Did you not listen? To oh. um, yeah, because I was wearing the jersey. It's hang on, it's. it's oh, you were wearing. Yes, I just forgot. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's just right here. Um, 
Yeah, I won the shirt of back. Yeah, thanks for reminding me again. This, yeah, great. Um, <laughs> I, I have one. Yeah. I, think, I, have, I think that's where I, I forgot bl- that you didn't got it because you, you're not wearing it. I'm surprised that you're not. You have me wearing it. Every I, I went for my since. Toronto uh, hoodie tonight today. Um, but uh, no, I have been trying my best in the last, even that double header, the last double header um, in the SSC there last weekend, I think it was. Um, I tried to make sure that I was, you know, I wore one night and wore a different jersey the other night. I don't want to wear it, you know, constantly because people, I don't want people thinking, oh, he just wears the same jersey over and over. Can't, like, can't rub the belt. Yeah, can't, can't rub the belt. No, can't. <laughs> I, I, I don't think anyone would be looking at you going, oh, Marty's wearing that jersey again. Ugh. Yeah, no, most people. Oh, maybe, like, maybe Dave. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that is true. Um, there has been. I don't know. If we'll talk about jerseys later on, but I, I know there was a, a couple of bits and pieces coming. Oh, wait, actually, I'm going to mention a, a jersey later on um, for a different mm. reason. But we'll we'll talk about that again period one as well. But um, that's all to come. Um, but before we do get there, let's take a look as we normally do, uh, just at the league standings as they currently are. Um, and we'll take a look first off at the in the, here in the UK at the Viaplay Elite League, um, sitting top of the top of the table for the first time this season, uh, taking top spot away from the Guildford Flames for the first time uh, is the Belfast Giants, sitting in first place with forty games played and sixty one points. Uh, second place is Guildford Flames, who have dropped down um, after um, a couple of interesting games for them, uh, with thirty eight games played and fifty nine points. The Cardiff Devils are in third with 39 games played and 58 points. Sheffield Steelers drop into fourth with the 38 games played, 57 points. Coventry Blaze hold fifth uh, with 39 games played, 49 points. And then we look at the bottom end of the table from that point because Nottingham Panthers are trailing behind, 39 games played, 34 points. Manchester in seventh with 39 games played, 30 points. And Glasgow are in the last playoff spot as we stand at this time with 43 games played, 29 points however five flyers are right on their tail with 41 games played 28 points and dundee stars are sitting in 10th place with 38 games played 24 points um some change uh especially at the top there was a pretty tasty game this week uh in the form of the belfast giants taking on the guildford flames last night um here in the uk was a quite an interesting hockey night um for for two reasons um mainly the the top two teams at the time uh were taken were against each other um belfast giants dominating that game um significantly uh and Mm -hmm. taking the top spot for the first time this season dave i mean you know, from from a point of view of you know, we talk about it, and we, you know, it's a it's a cliched term, but you know, we're at the tail end of the season, we're at the business end of the season, we're at the the point where all points and all games are crucial. Um, I mean, what has happened, Guildford, in the last you know last number of weeks, uh, or is it just that you know things have changed, turned around for Belfast Giants to help kind of you know spring them into this this first place. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one to obviously nail down. The the big thing um, is maybe the Giants. Giants have been there before, if that makes sense. So they're used to that pressure at this time of the season. Um, where Guildford in previous years at this stage were you know, safe in a playoff spot, really just playing for position um, at this stage just to get through to the, uh, the playoffs. Um, the Giants did this last year. You know, one and uh, sitting uh, first and second with Sheffield all the way to the close. Um, you know, I think that it could just be um, the the guys on the Giants team. Um, a lot of them have done it before and they know that this is the, 
this is their this is the real playoffs. These last you know last few games of the season are the proper proper playoff games. These are the ones that um, mean the most um, when you've got a, a title to play for. Um, you have to really treat these like you're these are all game sevens. You know these are you take it right to the wire and uh, having extra bodies come in has definitely definitely helped. Um, Besco's done a fantastic job coming in, allowing Wiss to have a few nights off. Um, and uh, he, Besco's just picked up where he left off. You know, he's been phenomenal. Um, and then now things like Hendrickson getting his first goals last weekend. And assists um, as well. And assists, yeah. And he seems to be playing really well, I have to say. I like the way, his, the way he's been playing. Um, and the, the other Cooper, Cooper. <laughs> um is seems to be playing really well he's very dynamic in the sort of in everyone's face which is amazing um and that allows other people to take a wee step back especially after i know we'll talk about it in period one find out that um obviously tyler soy still out and garside's now out um so it's going to be um it's an interesting run-in to the to the final and then possibly Goodwin um after the Guildford game. With a hand injury um, hurt or something? Hand injury, yeah. So we'll we'll obviously fingers crossed it's just a you know um a spray in or something light or or even just a precaution, but uh here's hoping it's nothing more serious. Yeah, you're right. And Aaron, we talk about this. Oh, sorry. Uh, we talk about this. Obviously, you know, Belfast Giants are sitting there with 40 games played. Guildford are sitting with 38 games played. Cardiff 39 and Sheffield 38. So obviously, we have the games in hand thing. And we we talk about this before. You know, we've had this conversation. I think as John that says, you know, it's not about the games in hand. It's about the points you've got in the bag. You know, you've got already yeah. got in the bag. I mean, do you think significantly? You know, Giants have found form. They're they're showing their their high high dominant they've been over some teams that we weren't expecting to the win in the way they have I mean do you feel that this is you know this is the, those games in hand will make a significant difference or there's two real interesting games coming up and you read it was at like two two episodes ago it was get out of my head it was a, it was a comment I was about to make and the question that you've just asked there's two games coming up there's one uh 18th of February Cardiff Devert against the Guildford Flames and then our uh, 18th of February and then again the following week it's they, they play again I believe yeah. the 28th of February, isn't it? Those are going to be two telling games um, to see if Guildford Flames can have they bottled it or um, can they can they return on form and keep the Devils? And I was thinking about this earlier, and I've got a question for you. If you could choose who wins those two games, who would you pick? Two games again. The games, Guildford so and two, Cardiff. Yeah, <laughs> one apiece. If they take one yes, apiece, it would be the best, the best result for us. If they could, if they could take, if they could both win one game each, it'd probably be the most helpful because it means they've used that game in hand that they might have, but also it means they would be still behind on points. If, if that makes sense. So yeah. I think potentially that way would probably be what we'd want the most. Um, yeah. We definitely don't want them. We don't want either team winning the two games. Um, exactly. Right round. The other thing as well is, um, and, and you mentioned those games, um, Aaron, Aaron, you're right. Um, they're significantly big games for the, for Guildford to come up against the Cardiff Devils. But me and Dave, I think Dave, I mentioned this to you as well. I think in one of our last games, the actual final games, I'm just checking the diary here just to make sure that I'm a hundred percent correct before I say this. The final, 
final games of the season, uh, of the regular season, are the 1st and the 2nd of April this year. So the final game of the season ends on the 2nd of April, 2023. But the game on the Saturday night, so the 1st of April, is the Belfast Giants versus the Guildford Flames in Belfast. So, I mean, can you imagine, (laughs) can you imagine if this comes down to that last weekend where Guildford have to play Belfast and... At home. At home. I mean... We don't want to get to that point because it'll just be the most nerve-wracking game, like, you can imagine. But, I I mean, I think I said this to Dave, it would be nice for a change if the Belfast Giants are going to go the full way, that they do it playing on the ice rather than sitting in a bar somewhere. Um, <laughs> because that's what's happened the last few seasons. Uh, last season, I think it was, they were at the, I think it was maybe the, the season, the end of season dinner, I think was where they found out. The season before mm-hmm. when they won it, they were sitting in a certain bar in Nottingham, um, I believe. And that's when they found out there. So um, it'd be nice if they won it on ice. Um, and I think it was Coventry, was it that year as well that won it for the Belfast Giants? I think we were waiting for the for Coventry's result as well. So yeah. um, it'll be interesting to see. But apart from the top, it's nothing else. Is to, like we we last time you guys talked, uh, Giants were at fourth. So basically, it's just Giants went moved from fourth to the first, and then everyone shuffled down. down. Fifth down to tenth is the same. It's same, yeah. But a, a story that we're going to talk about at the moment. You can't. You can never tell what's about to happen. No. <laughs> Fife, you're, I mean, you're one hundred percent right. Um, I mean, Fife is the is the is the point we're talking about. I mean, fight, Fife are fighting for that last playoff spot at the at this time. Um, you know, between you know, look, looking to take it off Glasgow's hands. Um, you know, there's one point in it. Fife have two games in hand, and again, we're talking games in hand, but two games in hand. You know, they're so close to the taking that last playoff spot. Um, and also the fact that Manchester were had a an abysmal week this week. They had a horrible week of results this week, and I mean, we kind of thought maybe if they had have won, they had have if they had have went if they had have won last night, they would have brought them closer again to Nottingham and pushed Nottingham further down the table, which has been an interesting concept. But I mean, it's 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 going to be all we can say is we're now in the middle of February. We have about six weeks left of games, I think, roughly in total. Um, we have one, two, three, four, five, seven weeks, I think, in total. I think we have roughly left um and that's just going to be it just it's this next seven weeks are just going to be the most interesting always does this point of the year and um, we just we love it we love to see it maybe um, one day we'll get john's opinion on it too <laughs> yeah exactly um before we move on to uh the nhl just to quick quickly say that um there, there is a few more x's on the table um this week yeah. last recording uh only one team had an x beside their name and that was the guildford flames who had clinched the spot for the playoffs guaranteed um now we have confer- confirmation that the belfast giants guildford flames cardiff devils and the sheffield steelers have all claimed their spots but we already kind of already knew that and I would say by the time it comes to our next recording I'll be confident enough to say that Coventry Blaze will have also clinched that their spot as well mm-hmm. um, having such a big deficit and gap between 5th uh, and 6th yeah. place I think we can safely say that'll probably be a, a given to be fair um, but you know we don't want to say anything's a given um, as we will talk about in period 1 Um but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that eventually. Um, okay, we're going to go across the water and we're going to look at the NHL um, and we'll take a look at the wildcard spots as, a, as they currently stand. We're going to look at the eastern side of the country first in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, sitting top place is the Carolina Hurricanes, having played 53 games and 78 points. The New Jersey Devils are in second with 53 games, 75 points. And the New, Jersey De- or New York Rangers are in third, 54 games played, 72 points. 
In the Atlantic Division then, Boston sit top with 53 games played, 85 points. Toronto are still in second with 55 games played, 74 points. And Tampa are still in third, 54 games played and 73 points. Uh, Wildcard spots are being held by Pittsburgh and Washington at this time. Uh, Philadelphia are in eighth place. <clears throat> Moving on, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's amazing that um, I'm on a, a Philadelphia or a Flyers um, like Facebook group, and there's still people there going, "We can do it! <laughs> We're going to make playoffs!" And I'm like, I, 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 I like your enthusiasm. <laughs> Just trying anyway, to work at, I'm just trying to work at my head here, kind of like what, what the deficit is. Well, yeah, yeah, they're what ten points, nine, ten points behind the playoff, the wild card spots. It's not impossible, I guess. But I think it's, they they keep teasing us with decent form. You know, every you know, there's there's every couple of games where they're like, oh wow. Things are actually gelling. Oh, no, no, the wheels fell off. Oh, <laughs> things are gelling. Oh, oh no, the wheels fell off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Calm down, people. Calm down again. We're just back to normal. Um, I did see that uh, the only thing, that the, the, the good thing that came out of Pittsburgh this week was, uh, I think, did I see that Gritty was uh, rented out to the NH, the NH, the NFL Super Bowl? Did he make an appearance there and was supporting the Philadelphia the Eagles? Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. Was he? Um, yeah, he was <laughs> there and he well was... Huh? That worked out well for him. <laughs> well, yeah. um, I haven't a clue if they won or not. I don't know who did win. I don't know. Did the Eagles the, win? Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, okay. Then they didn't win. But yeah, he was rented out to them for the night because uh, I did see that there was he was on the headlines the next day being all like, yeah, Gritty shows up and, you know. Did a big like, drum or something? Yeah, he did, that's it. And he was playing all these chants and stuff. And then it was like, he was doing this like uh, karaoke part where it's supposed to have a bad, like there's bad language in it. And he kind of, I think he just kind of beeped it out quickly or something. It was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, it was really good. Um over in the western side of the country, sorry, I got I got distracted there. Uh, over in the west side of the country, in the central division, Dallas, um, the Dallas Stars at top place in first place with uh, fifty five games played, seventy one points. Winnipeg are in second, fifty four games played, and sixty nine points. And the Colorado are in third, fifty three games played, sixty three points. Pacific division then, Vegas sit top, fifty four games played, sixty eight points. LA Kings have moved into second with 55 games played, 67 points, and Seattle are down into third now with 54 games played, 66 points, but still the same three teams in the Pacific Division 2. Uh, the wildcard spots currently today are sitting with Edinburgh and Calgary. However, the Minnesota Edinburgh. Wild are sitting there with pretty much, I think it's just a goal average difference, um, I think is what yeah. we're talking between the play, the wildcard spots between Calgary, Edmonton, and Minnesota. So uh, it's very tight there. But as Dave, as we always talk but every week yeah it's a tight it's a very very tight um yeah. conference so the the wild had a bit of a well it's a hiccup but the last few games have been a bit wishy-washy and this is something i don't think i've ever mentioned this to you guys when the giants are playing well the the wild can't string a win together and then vice versa <laughs> It's, it's a good concept. We should check it out and see actually we should actually see how scientific that is. Um I you know what we this is this is an example because what Last time you had a chat, yeah, yeah, Minnesota yeah. were third. Third, yeah. that's true. Yeah, Giants were fourth. Yeah, Giants <laughs> went to the top. Minnesota, Minnesota dropped, dropped to oh. below the wild card slot. Yeah, there's the there's the first bit of evidence. Yeah, that's 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 a very good observation there. Now that's why we <laughs> like having you on the podcast. Um, the, uh, obviously then, um, John isn't here, but Nashville are sitting in fourth place there. Um just under uh, Minnesota. Um, so, yep, that's really it. That's the roundup for the NHL. I suppose the one big thing to say is, obviously, the we're, we're again, 
we're heading, heading towards that point of the season where um, those wild card spots, as we talk each week and we kind of come back to the podcast each week, those wild card spots will start to kind of become more challenged for um and we will see the uh nhl trade deadline day will be happening and take place prior to our next recording i think the the trade 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 deadline day is actually on the day of our next recording i think potentially um mm. so i mean things will shake out and we'll see how things which were t- the teams especially those teams who are fighting for those playoff spots um especially in those wildcard spots how they decide to move forward with a deadline day trades um i know i've seen some big ones coming out and i see there's a couple of um interesting names on the lists as well um coming up so it'll be interesting to see kind of where things start to shake out and what what deals are being made across the whole league um i did read an interesting article today about um the teams that are holding on to their draft picks at the moment you know who are deciding you know those draft picks that they got this year and the seat, the players they've brought in, you know, where some of those going to shift out to, um, you know, will they be part of the trades that are going to be made as well as obviously, as we always know, um, trade spots and stuff for draft day, um, are usually included with these, um, with these trades. So we'll wait and see how things pan out there. Um, it will be an interesting two weeks coming up. Um, guys, is there anything else before we move into period one? Nothing from me. Great. Well, then with that, what we'll do is we'll get moved on to our period one of hockey. Okay, period one is a roundup of stories uh, from here in the UK. Um, we're going to lead off um, on this uh, period um, with, I suppose, the, the main story um, coming out this week, um, or since our last recording anyway. Um, and this is the story, and this is the game that we were all waiting for. Um, I think, Dave, we talked about this um, in our last po- in our last recording, obviously, after our last rec- in our last recording, the Belfast Giants had secured their, their position, they secured their, secured their place by beating the Guildford Flames in the semi-final to move through to the final of the Challenge Cup. Um, um, this year's Challenge Cup will be held in Belfast in the SSC Arena um, as part of the, the reason reason being obviously is the top seeded team get the home seed and they get to host the, the Challenge Cup. Um, so Belfast Giants have obviously haven't won their, their uh, cup, their their group stage they uh, took top seed and were able to uh, have the honour of hosting in the SSE now before we get to the point where we talk about last night's game and and kind of how it went um, we'll talk about a bit I think we talked about it briefly in the last podcast but let's talk about how Twitter kind of went off I mean it went off off let's be honest when the Belfast Giants and the Elite League announced that the the game was going to be actually perfect example of this was on the last podcast I made a heartfelt plea at the end of the episode um to the elite league or anybody listening i made a heartfelt plea and i asked please 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 can someone make sure that the challenge cup final does not fall in the week of like the 15th of march that that's st patrick's day week because i'm away and i want to go to the challenge cup final uh someone was listening to me greatly and they decided to put the challenge cup final on the first of march uh, which is just over two weeks away now it is a wednesday night in belfast and Twitter went insane. Uh, people were just like, no, it's a logistical nightmare. You can't get to Belfast midweek. There's no possibility of it. You know, tickets should be sold. Is it impossible to get to Belfast it's a, midweek? Impossible. It's impossible. 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 It's, not, it's not right. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not going to be easy. It's impossible. Uh, it's just, it's not, logistically, it's not, it's, it's Somebody nightmare. think of the children. That was what it was like. It was the sky was falling, everything else. <laughs> At this point, we'll say that it was the Sheffield Steelers fans who was like, this is imp- unbelievable. It should be a weekend 
game, blah, 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 and all this kind of thing. And it was all this thing of like, you know, and now they're not even selling the tickets to us. They're holding on to the tickets and we can't even buy our tickets and blah, blah, blah. It was a whole big thing. And as someone quickly pointed out I um, underneath, it was like, whoa, 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 you haven't even played your final game. So you don't even know if you're there. So why were you complaining about not being able to buy tickets for a game that you're not actually into yet but obviously the Sheffield Steelers fans and a couple of you know some high profile Steelers fans have put on Twitter all about like you know no no it's a it's a done thing you know we're we're, we're for the fi- yeah it's we're, we're, we're for the final it's a, it's gonna be an easy thing we're gonna strip we're gonna sail right through even though they were one nil down on aggregate or one nil down from the first game because Fife beat them yep. um they were one nil up after the first game so going into the final they kind of thought yeah what it was Tickets to last night and the 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 final the second leg of the semi-finals uh, was in Sheffield. The Sheffield Steelers faces the Fife Flyers. One of the biggest crowds I believe um, Sheffield have had this year with over nine thousand fans in the arena. Place was going off really really busy. Uh, first period Steelers were winning great. They were they were, they tied it up. Uh, they were actually I think a goal ahead as well. They were it was up three. There were two goals ahead I think actually at one point. Um, on aggregate and then the sh- and then Fife pulled it back and took it to uh, overtime and then in overtime they uh, took it to penalties and Fife Flyers done it they they win they uh they got the, the winning shootout goal and they 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 secured their place in the challenge cup final guys i mean our chat was like it was on hollywood fire. movie hollywood movie. <laughs> no, i mean because that means that they would have to win the the the, the challenge cup trophy. yeah let's yeah let's not go there so that's why we were talking about obviously we were talking about that in period that before the period um aaron and you had, you had mentioned that you know like fife are you know people are thinking you know fife are in that place where they're sitting just under that playoff spot and they're a couple of points off the glasgow clan but as you mentioned i mean fife i mean going into this you know obviously the steelers took it for granted that maybe they were going to be there and i don't i wouldn't like to hazard a guess today of how many people are trying today to scramble to try and get some refunds of some potential Ooh. thing i <laughs> i i just have this feeling that maybe at one point yesterday when they were three nil up in that game yesterday that some people maybe were on their phones being like eh, let's book our flights and stuff i was gonna say because I, th- I thought you said it was like two nils like i thought it was like they went they went up three nil at some point well they lead, went three nil up that lead they went three nil up but they were they were two nil in aggregate you know they were they were winning two oh. nil on aggregate um yes, so yes. they were winning actually yeah on aggregate they were winning by two um but then obviously Fife pulled it back. I mean, Dave, I mean, Dave, is this a case of, you know, sorry, Aaron, you were the one who mentioned it. No. Aaron, is this a case of, you know, you had mentioned their Fife, you know, or, you know, was it a case of the Sheffield took Fife for granted and as it came back and bit them on the bum, I suppose? Who knows? Like, how long have we been doing this podcast for? Every season, something like this happens where we just go yeah do you know what we can say we can look at the stats all we like we can look at the league all we like but sometimes something like this happens and we're like oh so yeah we we know nothing <laughs> because sometimes a team whether it's the way of the ice whether it's something in the air it just something just works that night for them and and well that was two nights to be fair so something just worked two nights. So they put something in their water for two nights, and it worked out well. Yeah, I, mean, I, I I don't know. 
you can't argue with that. I mean, you're not going to be able to argue. I mean, Dave, going into going into this game, you know, the final is going to be set is set for the first of March. Uh, we're expecting a massive crowd. We, we're already hearing that all of the Belfast seats, all the seats for the Belfast fans, are completely sold out. Uh, we now know that the East Stand potentially is going to be out as well for that final. I'm going to guess it is going to be out for that final, and I'm going to guess mm. the East Stand and the away block as normal are are now being put for sale to the Five Flyers fans only, and it's going to be sold via the Five Flyers uh, official supporters club. I mean, you know. We're going into this game, you know, we can't go in like Sheffield. We have to think about, you know, what we're going to be up comp against. Fife uh, have, you should never uh, count out a team that have a netminder with the calibre of Shane Owen. Uh, Shane Owen on the day, we know it, um, can literally be a brick wall. And you could put, you know, uh, 30, 40 shots on him and not get anything. Um. And it's you can't you can't you can't count them out. You know they've proven they can score because um, Greenfield is a phenomenal netminder in Sheffield, um, and he, um, you know, we got beaten. That's how I put it. You know, penalty shootout. That's a one on one. You know, and uh, it came down to that. I think the sh- the, the Flyers obviously it's going to be a big challenge for them to to travel. Um, you know, have to make that arduous journey of traveling over to the, the, the Belfast on a Wednesday night, you know, the, the 15 day camel ride. That I is. heard it was impossible though. <laughs> I think it's impossible from England, but maybe not from Scotland. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I, and I think it'll be, it'll definitely be a game. I think it'll be a super competitive game. Um, and I, it'll be and any of these cup finals, the, the leave, uh, here's hoping both teams will leave nothing on the ice. It'll be, Basically, the, whoever's the best on that night will, will win. Uh, obviously, I hope it's the Giants. Um, but I, I'm glad it happened. Like this, this is going to sound strange. Not strange. I'm glad it happened to the Steelers so that the Giants can learn from it, so that mm-hmm. they don't go. They they didn't go. They're not going to go into the Challenge Cup going ah, it's five. Meh. Yeah. You know, and actually, I I read today. Um, um, Okay, uh, so, you know, I read I read today from from Paddy Smith on his Twitter, and he put out a really good point, and um, huh. it's kind Famous. of it kind of makes sense of what you were saying there. Aaron. The, the, well, two things he he made a good point about was uh, the Elite League put out a post last night saying, you know, Scottish the first Scottish team to reach the Challenge Cup final. Um, <laughs> to which Paddy was like, "Do you mean uh, like like?" Uh, are you forgetting a certain? Are you forgetting Err because they've made a Challenge Cup final, and they had the Elite League had to come back and say, "Oh, sorry, we should be clear. We should clarify the first team in the Elite League era to reach the Challenge Cup final." Um, so, uh, but also the other thing as well is Paddy put good, made a good point is Fife has, has we've had Fife's number all season. Um, uh, you know, I don't think there's been any point this season where we've really. Not, I'm not saying that struggle against Fife because we have. It's not that we haven't struggled. There's been games where we've played Fife where we have. It's been quite tight. Let's be honest. There was uh, one of the games here in Belfast before going away and playing away to, Bel- uh, to Fife. We dominated. We dominated here in Belfast, but then when we went and played Fife the next night in Fife. We struggled in some ways to play Fife the next night, where we were we really took it to the wire. So, I mean, it hasn't been an easy task this year against Fife Flyers, without a doubt. But as Paddy pointed out, he said, and it was a comment that he made. He was like, "We've had their number." As, let, let me. He's like, "Let me get this right." A, a Scottish team whose number we've had all season going into the final. He's like, "I'm having." It was something like, "I'm having deja vu," or uh, it all sounds roughly. It all sounds really familiar, which is, I think, exactly what happened. If I'm if I'm right in saying against her. 
that time that final yeah. against her that the, the in the challenge cup where her came came through and, and won the challenge cup that year um i think that was i think it, 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 yeah. <laughs> so i think uh, it's it's an interesting dynamic and it's gonna be a, it's no matter what the final is going to be a great final and uh I, i'm looking forward to any team that was coming going to come through it was going to be it was going to make it a good a good final because the giants are there and we're getting to watch it again um but it is as you say let's all not, four of us are going to be there all fours are going to be there on uh, as long as dave and, and john make up uh over this yeah. next weekend um uh we're gonna we're gonna send them to council next week so great yeah. that's perfect um but yeah so i mean it, it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting the other thing i'm interested in as well is um in league action this coming saturday is the sheffield steelers versus the five flyers um <laughs> so, <laughs> that's gonna be an interesting game um uh, yeah yeah there's gonna be nine thousand fans of it that'll be an interesting <laughs> one that'll be interesting to see um I'm going to go with, um, Dave, I'm going to, we're going to move on to maybe your story and I'm going to come back to the end of my, my last two stories before we finish off this period. Um, just sure, because sure. I think it's worth having a chat about, um, obviously we've mentioned it already, but we're talking about the lately, the, the Challenge Cup coming up. We're talking about the final running of the season and the fact that we're in this tail end of, um, you know, league, league competition, how it's so close and how so fierce. Obviously the Giants today have announced a new player. Yep. Um, so 26-year-old Matt McLeod, has signed um, for the remainder of the season from the Cincinnati Cyclones. Um, he seems to have had an interesting year. Now, not the not the world. He's not setting the world on fire, but he's had a solid uh, season this year. Forty games, eight goals, nine assists in the ECHL for the, the Cincinnati Cyclones. But last year, he was on loan to the AHL Berkshire Condors. Berkshire. B- B- Bakersfield Condors. Yep. Um, three games there, so you know he's definitely got caliber. Um, mm. so it'll be really interesting to see him play. Um, I think that will. There's only so much you can tell from stats, and it's too early for me to have dug out any videos on his play. But mm. I think he might be, maybe a good one to watch. Yeah, I think I'm you're down right. to the wire. Well, yeah, I mean, we're we're heading towards transfer deadline. Um, it's slightly different here in the UK than it is um in the NHL. Obviously, NHL has until the start of March. Uh, the trade deadline day, I think the trade deadline is, I believe, is tonight or is it this coming weekend anyway? Here in the uh, for WHF for Elite League, anyway. Um, so it's it does it is coming up. But a couple of teams we should oh, mention I it was today. I is it today? Both is their uh, roster on deadline day. Well, there you go. It's today. I kind of thought it was coming up around then. So, yeah, so today is the deadline day. So we kind of know which teams have kind of decided to kind of shake out or kind of move to kind of maybe bolster their teams. Dave, as you mentioned, obviously we're bringing in this young lad who um, is going to just kind of move into that forward lines. You mentioned at the start of the podcast, you know, we have two players who are kind of out injured on injury reserve um both taylor soy and mark garside um having to take up injuries and they're out at the moment so obviously this is going to be a good an extra body in there let's talk about um obviously there's two other teams who have made signings um this week as well um we have the sheffield steelers who brought in carl ackard um formerly from the guilford flames in previous seasons um but they brought him in from bratislava so he's been signed for the sheffield steelers and i think he played against uh fife last night um if I'm right in saying, I think. And the Nottingham Panthers also brought in a forward in the form of Nico Lathian, um, who comes in uh, from Steel Wings Lintz. Um, so that's another Nottingham trying to bolster theirs as well. Let's talk about one, though, that... Um, well, there's two... I suppose there's two to look at. One, the first one was obviously the Five Flyers announced before the uh, before last weekend's 
doubleheader against Dundee, that friendly that they were having, um, that they, the forward Chris Lawrence was leaving the team um, for his own personal reasons. He's moved to Melbourne. Um, but the biggest one that came out of last this 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 past week, which is an interesting one, especially after the weekend, because it came after the Pride game on Sunday, I believe, in Cardiff, was the Cardiff Devils announcing that um, they were partnering ways with Stefan Fronier. Yeah. Uh, that came as a bit of a surprise. No, it did, eh? After selling his jersey for 500 quid? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I thought, it was, I thought it was just a bit of a... Now, okay, yes, it's going to be a great cause, but still, it seems a bit uh, uh, cheap. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll sure one up, saying, we'll make sure we get the, the money in for his jersey and then we'll let him go. Yeah, that was a bit of an interesting move that they did there, that knowing the fact the fact that the player was leaving or the player's being asked to leave. Um, I thought that was yes, quite and, a... that was, and that's what it's it was due to uh, an irreconcilable differences or something they said, wasn't it? Or, yeah. I thought it. I, I, I so I'm trying to find the article that I, that I saw. I that he was there not a breach of contract. Was that there was a breach of some description? Um, there was no no indication of what that is. There was no. Obviously, they wouldn't release that because obviously it's going to be private information, and they don't want that getting out yeah, there. But yeah. yeah, you're right. There was something that meant that he was he brought. I think he brought either the team into disrepute or something to do with conduct that is unbecoming or something there was some warden that was put out there that um kind of made you believe that there was uh that the 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 cardiff devils decided you know what it's better to kind of cut cut uh cut ties with them now um so that'd be i don't don't know we're never going to know what that was but um that was a it was definitely an interesting one that came out of came out of left field um Mm. it's been a couple of those this season um some of them have we've learned more about um over the past weeks um but yeah, it's, it's been a couple he's of those. It's be a massive loss for them. He's a, you know, he was always a proven entity in the league. Um, Sheffield, he had came from. Yeah. Um, you know, so but obviously he's done something nasty for the the um, the Devils to ship him off. So. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Um, we will, we will. Um, it's we'll, we won't see any more signings then this season. That's it, done. Um, as of tonight, that's it. The 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 final final teams moving into the the final end of the season are locked in, locked in in, con- in concrete. So um, it will be interesting to uh, see if uh, any of those other players um, make an impact that they hope. Well, maybe not. They're not brought in for impact players. Maybe they're just brought in, as you say, just kind of alleviate some of those stresses that they're having at the moment with uh, players that have left or injury cover. So. Um, we will we will see how that pans out. Um, I'm going to stick with the NHL, uh, or sorry, Elite League. I'm um, sorry, um, and and have a quick chat just about um, as we mentioned, it was a story of um, we talked about this briefly, Dave, last week, where it was kind of announced it was announced anyway that. I suppose on our last recording, we talked about attendance and about how attendance figures across the league, the Elite League, put out a thing to say attendance figures are up, but there was no real specifics about what those attendance figures were, what were they averaging at, who was sitting where, how how well were people doing within those um t- those attendance figures. But there was information put out this past week um on those figures, which I just thought would be kind of quick a good good idea to kind of maybe just go back to have a bit of a chat with them and get your thoughts, guys, about you know what you know how you how you you know how 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 you think things are panning out, but um, just looking at the average league attendance, we obviously know uh, from that that article that the elite league put out was that the Sheffield Steelers are sitting top of the league with the best attendance so far this season with six thousand with an average of six thousand six hundred and seventy seven player um, fans um, on average across the whole season, um, significant number. 
when you look at it from that point of view. And and then next up after that is the, the Giants with 5,540. Nottingham Panthers are in third with 5,131 and the Devils 3,071. Um, obviously, we're, we're, not, we're not surprised, shall we say, by the top three or four because obviously they have the biggest arenas. And that's simply put, we know that they're going to obviously have a higher average attendance um, figures. Um, the clan obviously then are with 2,900. Uh, Blaze with 1,800. Flames with 1,700. Stars with 1,500. Storm with 1,400. And the Flyers are in bottom with 1,100. I mean, those aren't numbers themselves. They're not really as, I suppose they don't really mean as much when you look at them from the number point of view and you look at the actual um you know when you look at the arenas but aaron before you ask the question because i know you're going to ask that question um, <laughs> what size are these arenas and what does that mean and what average What's is the that percentage? <laughs> um, someone thankfully uh worked out the percentages for us and the percentages were also published on the same day you just you, you were in my head you knew i was just dying to ask the question i knew you were wow um wow. guys i i know you've seen this um so there's no point asking the question because i would have said who do you think is sitting top with the highest percentage rate um you all know what that is. So the de- the Devils are sitting, according to this, based on so the averages the average league attendance based on percentages is based on the capacity of the arena and the average number of fans that are attending the game. So if we take in those average numbers that we've just read out and we put it against the average size, the size of the arena and the capacity of the arena, the Cardiff Devils are sitting top place of average league attendance with an average of ninety nine point four four percent. Oof. So we're saying that the Devils are nearly at 100% capacity for the whole way through this season. Is that taking anybody else by surprise, Dave? Uh, absolutely not, no. Um, the They built that arena f- that size. They built the arena undersized for that purpose. Um, the original plans for that arena had it at about another 2,000 seats, and they decided that that space would be better used for other things. Um, and brought the seat numbers down so that they could have um, a capacity arena for more games. Um, that was the that was their plan um, after the big blue tent because the big blue the reason the big blue tent didn't have additional there was the capacity to add additional seating for the big blue tent as well um, by adding it at either either end um, and it was they were more about filling the arena creating that atmosphere than having a half empty massive arena um, just so they can squeeze in a few more seats for for money um, that was a whole big thing at the time whenever they were building it and the it's, they've been that way uh, for most of the new arena's existence they will have been in the sort of 90 pluses um, of that um, because that's the the best quote I've seen that's not related to this is that uh, they, have ni- they have 90 uh, odd percent because that's all they can have you know, we have six thousand, or and that's you know that's what we've we've got. You know, we have room to continue to grow. Um, so it'll be, it's it's not surprising. I think it's you know what they wanted, and it's paying off for them because it means that they can probably charge a little bit more for their tickets. Because but the Coyotes can't even fill up it. The, the <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good point <laughs> but the coyotes are, are really taking the piss of the price of their tickets <laughs> all right, all right. that's a very good point um, full NHL prices for their lower bowl 
We should mention then, that just to quickly mention, is that the Steelers, whenever the uh, Elite League put out that the average league attendance was, uh, the, the 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 number was held as being held by the Sheffield Steelers, you know, it was like, you know, congratulations to Sheffield Steelers who have the highest number of highest attendance across the league uh, at 6,677 people. And the, Sheff- the Sheffield Steelers tweeted out more like, yay, we're so proud of this and blah, blah. If we look at the overall percentage, they go from top down to fifth with an average percentage of 71.79%. Now, again, Aaron, before you ask the question, <laughs> before you're like, oh, but what size is the arena? The arena is significantly larger than every other arena in the in the um, in, in the elite league. They are the second largest arena after the Nottingham Panthers, um, who are sitting with 68 percent um, of average league attendance. Um, so obviously they've got still got space to grow and put spaces in. Um, but I, I guess whenever you look at the percentages, it kind of just puts it in perspective in terms of like, yeah, you've got a high number of people going, but you're not. You know, it's not like you're close to the filling it kind of thing. Um, but that, is it though? Like, like they're still raking in. Oh, they are over six and a half thousand people, people on average, and that's nothing to be that's nothing to sniff. That's not to be sniffed at because that's, that's a huge number. Huge number, yeah. Um, and the, the Belfast Giants, just putting in perspective, the Belfast Giants, who have the third largest arena in the UK, um, they're sitting with seventy nine percent attendance figure um, overall. So, um, not what a bad figure either. Is as well that that attendance figure is based on us having the bowl. Mm. Um, so we've yep. had sellouts. Oh. We've had sellout games that won't count as sellouts in those stats because we could have added the bowl. Yeah, you're right. So when you think about the actual um, additional seats, so I think it's there's additional. I can't remember. It takes us from is it something like six thousand up to seven thousand something? Yeah, I think whenever. Seats. Yeah, and I think that would if you were, if you were to include the bowl and we were had the bowl like we were selling that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you would see that the percentage would be closer because we'd be able to sell it. So either yeah, either the, the percentage would go higher because we don't have the bowl, or our overall capacity would go up because we have the bowl. Yeah, and it, yeah. it's. It's just getting the balance right, but it's because we're a multi-purpose arena. Because um, yeah. uh, if you look at Sheffield's, they don't have the facility for it, but you could see where it would be. Yeah, um, and it's the they their arena would be enormous if they had that tier available, like they do in an NHL stadium. Yeah, um, theirs would be an absolutely uh, massive arena, um, on par with was it the MEN? In Manchester, which is yep. gi- absolutely ginormous. Yep. Um, so it would be, yeah, no, it's definitely, we were talking about this at the start of the season um, and how it's felt like there's definitely been an upswing in attendance overall um, for the sport, um, not just the Giants. Um, that match in Coventry was, was banging like it was, it was crazy. Yeah, um, I, and I agree, and I think um, you know, no matter what these f- attendance figures are saying, you know, average we can look we can look the average the average figures, and um, again, Aaron, before you ask, um, is, is there any figures that we can compare this with in previous years? No, we don't have any previous yeah, figures. Let's let's hold on to these figures and see if they come out again next year, and then we can compare. Um, Good idea. But um, idea. <laughs> the one thing I would say, um, you know, is the fact that, like, you know, the, the one positive coming out of it is that the fact that, like, majority of the teams, apart from the five flyers, which when you look at the percentage of the five flyers, uh, it, it's shockingly low compared to. But we know they've been having their troubles for the last two seasons of filling that arena, filling that ice. Rink. I mean, five flyers are sitting on thirty three percent. When you think that everyone else is over fifty percent, like sixty two percent is the next one under that, which is a storm. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. The Fife have a lot of seats, though, for all the size of their arena. Like their away section is, is yeah, it's quite big. Actually, necessarily large. Yeah, um, you know, so the and 
they you get whenever you're coming in you know say they have the two sides it's not like they all pile into one side like they did remember back in the day in edinburgh yep they, they all spread out and it's a bit strange yeah um but Overall, I think just the one thing that's coming out of it is just that we can see that it is healthy, um, and it's just shown that you know it, it is the the competition is getting going, you know, getting stronger in the elite league, and it's just going from strength to strength, which is only positive. Um, you know, that it's a positive thing for for everyone involved and any fans as well in the league. So long may it continue. Um, guys, one last story before we move on to our next period. Um, and I just wanted to kind of uh, highlight the story because um, it was quite an interesting one that I kind of thought it was a great, great story to end this period on. Um, because it talks about this, this, this story is all about we 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 like we we talked about it previously in previous previous episodes, um, about the the importance I suppose of the UK um at the moment in relation to their kind of this upsurge in hockey and how hockey is becoming just. A bigger sport more following it's getting bigger following it's getting more funding from you know for for olympics it's getting you know followed by you know there's a whole big thing happening a lot of investment being put in and we're seeing now that the uh england the the england ice hockey um tournament uh, shall we call it um so the eiha have a showcase the, the showcase tournament will be returning this year at 2023 which is the first time in a while and the showcase, uh, if anybody isn't aware of it, it sees uh, players selected into draft teams and it's led by coaches from junior and senior hockey. And the idea of it then is to showcase and promote and really kind of strengthen um, the the tournament um, moving forward. Um, the, oh, Dave, I'm, I'll am i continue the story and we'll come back to yours because just so you put a link in there. Um, <laughs> I'll come back in a second. Um I suppose the one thing to talk about just quickly before I um, move on um, is that obviously this showcase, the idea behind it will be that they'll bring in, uh, it'll emphasize skills, competitions, adaptability. It'll look at a, t- a tournament format, which the format will see um, uh, draft teams, regional selections, um, best of 80 players and eight goalies um, in birth years from under 12s to under 15s. Um, it'll have best 40 players, four goalies from under 16s to under 18s. And the players will be drafted into four equal strength teams by the England Coaches and Technical Committee. Um, player rankings then will establish basically where you fall within your draft and everything else. And then the teams will be selected. Um, all games are three 18-minute stopped clock games. Teams will lead in after three periods wins two points and all games include a five-minute period of three-on-three overtime, obviously to try and increase that that ch- like young people's awareness and ability to play that three-on-three game and that's why it's been added in. I mean, from from looking at it, Dave, I'm going to come to you first. Obviously, the, the event itself is due to take place in Ice Sheffield uh, at that Coronation weekend of the 6th and 8th of Bank Holiday weekend. Um, I mean... Again, it's great to see this tournament is coming back. Um, players will be able to move forward right from, as I say, from the age of 14 right up to the age of 18. It's a development tournament. It's it's about looking for those next, those next Max Stewart's, those next Kirk's, you know, those next, you know, all those players who are starting to kind of come through and shine through on the on the British under 18s teams, um, as well as under 21 teams, and also those te- those players who are starting to get a bit of um, notoriety and getting seen on the elite league level. I mean, it's 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 another great opportunity for UK development in hockey. Oh, 100 percent. It's going to be um, anything which gives these guys, these players more ice time at a, at a if the more competitive they can make that ice time as well the the more they'll learn um and even getting them to play with other players because a lot of these players will have came up through development systems together and played on the same teams together where this will mix them up 
you know, they'll be playing with different coaches, they'll be playing with different uh, teammates, different goalies, you know, things like that. And that'll allow them just to get a better feel for their own own skills, you know, because there's going to be guys there, especially in the younger ones, um, in the younger, say, the under 12s and the under 15s, you know, that probably have only paid with the same group, the sort of wider group of people from for years. Um, and this will get them this opportunity to play more, um, you know, collaboratively with other people, which will be uh, amazing. Um, and then it will give the um, scouts, for want of a better word, something to watch because um, it's different from watching those guy, those kids and you know young adults playing in their you know equivalent leagues to then you know in this competition where that's there's something to win, you know if you know what I mean, um, something different to win. So no, I think it's going to be fantastic, and it'll be uh, definitely a um, if they can keep it more consistent and bring it back year on year, it could become a highlight in the same way as the. Um, friendship four is for uh, in Belfast for the uh, NCAA. This could be become a thing that England can hang its hat on uh, and use to um, improve the the sport. Yeah, one hundred percent. And Aaron, I mean, in terms of you know, Dave's obviously said about you know how it will improve things, and it's just I suppose the fact that this tournament um, is taking place, it's it's promoting that, that development aspect. But having having the likes of you know head coaches from senior levels, um, especially from even from the UK, from from you know from Team GB and stuff, I mean that really just kind of really cements just how important that they see this tournament in terms of moving forward. Yeah, they're they're throwing the resources at it. It's not just a hey, here's an idea, and we'll get you know. Me and Dave to no no offense, but me it'll get me and Dave to go and uh, and, and be coaches at it. So. <laughs> I had them on the phone before I joined this call. <laughs> yes, those head coaches because Dave said no. <laughs> have to go um, find someone else. They have to go find someone else. No, but you know what I mean that they're they're putting the proper resources into it and, and the funding. So that that's great to see. It would be interesting to see if. Um, any of uh, our lot from Northern Ireland are able to get out uh, over to it, um, but it's 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 sorely needed. Like we have what we have for football here, we have what the Milk Cup. It's quite mm. popular in in the Northern Ireland for football. It's a huge for the, yeah. You, for for the junior, it's it's a wee tournament, isn't it? No, no, it's it's a, as you say, it's huge. massive. Yeah, and uh, for the junior for the junior footballers here, so yeah, let's let's hope this continues and and gets and stuck in each year on year. Yeah, and we need it because Dave found a very interesting link based on your lie saying we don't have stats on previous years. Well, we well I had to go back a bit. Well, I was just about to say I was about to say let's 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 get this let's get this one hundred percent right. Let's look at how old these stats potentially yeah. are. Um, but yeah, okay, let's let's look at those stats. There, 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 there was a glitch of a thing called COVID between this, so that's why the, the stats might have not stopped. I had to brush the you know the dust off this and you know, pull it out from the archives and definitely um, <laughs> is today or yesterday. The stats are for four. The stats are let's get it. Let's let's be let's just kind of get it accurate. The stats are from four years ago. Okay, <laughs> four <Yeah>. years ago. <laughs> okay, but, but it's worth having a look at. The only thing you would the only thing we'd have to say though is that one of the team's stats is incorrect because they have moved venue since these stats were done um so um, we, we should say that the, the cardiff devils stat on this is incorrect because it was based on the big blue tent and not the current um ice arena wheels or whatever it's, it's called 
It's not that it's incorrect. It just shows you. It shows you what I was sort of talking about. Yes. No. I get what you mean. No. Yeah. I get you. So let's just have a quick. I just average level. Just yeah, for just for just for uh, just to kind of round off that story, just so we don't just leave it hanging. And um, because oh, Aaron, Aaron, because Aaron likes a nice, um, you know, likes a nice round off the story in terms of like you know likes comparisons. Um, let's give you a really quick. Let's have a quick look just at the, those stats in terms of attendance average figures based on 2019, shall we say, and 2023. You might want to tell the listeners what's actually happened. What do you mean? That Dave's found the the stats. Yeah, yeah you, just, you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a long day for you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Dave has found. Dave, Dave has uh, went back and obviously looked through. Um, did you did you use like Time Machine or something? This is the official website of the Elite Ice Hockey League from 2020, 20, 2019. It just looks so weird. Like it includes Milton Keynes on it, and it also ha- it has Milton Keynes in here. On the yeah. on the list, which is which just after the the clan changed their name as well, because it still says Glasgow. Elite oh, WCCstats.pointstreak.com. Anyway, we found some stats for league attendance from 2019, um, and just kind of give you a bit of an idea. Uh, the Steelers um, are the average has increased since 2019, moving from 600 6,100 to 6,600. Uh, the Nottingham Panthers has dropped slightly. Um, from 5,700 to 5,100. Uh, Belfast Giants has increased from 4,300 to 5,500. So significant jump, shall we say, for the Belfast Giants. That's an interesting one we should say there. That's almost nearly, that's over a thousand more fans and a thousand more people on average coming to Belfast Giants games, which is pretty impressive when you look at it from that point of view. The Cardiff Devils, as I say, two different arenas um but they have increased to three thousand but it's not significantly different it's maybe about the difference of maybe 50 or 60 fans maybe on average it's not it's not huge um the glasgow clan figure has increased so they've increased their their yield from 2700 to 2900 the coventry blaze have dropped have dropped significantly shall we say no not significantly but 200 fans coventry Blaze has moved from having an average of 2000 down to 1800 uh guilford flames have kind of stayed in and around exactly the same place maybe 10 or 20 more people um there's no real significant difference but again i think dave you're you're probably right on this i think the guilford flames are capacity for maybe the size yeah. of i mean i know we're i know on average percentage average wise they're not 100 percent, but they're you know they're in the round yeah. still at 70 percent mark um the five flyers which is an interesting one is they've moved from having a thousand six hundred average attendance they have significantly dropped to a thousand one hundred so i mean i mean that's 500 people who've just disappeared from from their from attending those games um milton Keynes are no longer in the league so we won't focus on that manchester storm moving from 1400 um standing around about the same actually there's not really much difference average wise for them they're still around the same 1400 um average attendance and in dundee stars um they have dropped as well from 1,500 to 1,200. So about 300 you know, fans. It's really quite interesting that you can actually, you can even go back to 2016. Um, and there was a comment that you made about Sheffield and the percentage about they they have room to grow. Um, and the trend shows they are certainly growing. You were just comparing, you know, 2019 to, to, to now, 2016, um to 2017 they grew by about 500 then from 2018 to 2019 they grew by about seven you know 600 uh 
um, on average, and then again. So they they're they're they've got that right uptick. They might give it another couple of years. You never know. And that links lines really nicely into what that previous story. Hockey's get, getting more popular, <laughs> you know, and and having having that uh, that for uh, that terminal you were talking about, it's just going to make it more and more popular. I I mean one hundred percent. Um, I agree. Um, the other thing as well is someone made a really good comment. Actually, on these figures, um, I just I forgot to mention whenever we're talking about the main story part, and just worth mentioning here before we move on, is someone did have a really good point was that the number of season it would be interesting to see if the teams could release mm. a, an idea or stat based on season ticket holders and how that has increased over the number of year over the last couple of years, because the idea that the I suppose the fan perception is that the uh, season ticket holder season ticket holder the number of season ticket holders is significantly increasing so it's going up um and i think here in belfast we can clearly see that that is happening yeah. you know we we know there's first time season ticket holders this year that we've that and we know there's people um who sit close to us who have said that they're getting one next year for the first time and you know the numbers are going up but what would be interesting to see is what someone made a comment was the problem with it is maybe sometimes especially when you've got these smaller arenas like you know, Cardiff, they obviously that adds to the number. Like they'll say, like you know, like if a season ticket sold is a number that it's a guaranteed seat, so they can use that towards the overall figure. But that's not necessarily the case because it's probably based on the number of people who come through the door and swipe their card. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. so you can't guarantee. Mm-hmm. So, but even though me and Dave have seats, any games that we don't attend, we're not in attendance. Therefore, it's not counted. So what they're saying yeah. is, the more people that you have who are season ticket holders who can't then attend a the game, they can't sell that seat on, and therefore the attendance then kind of doesn't get the increase because they can't sell on that seat, right. which mm. makes sense, I guess, in some ways. Um, so again, it's especially for the likes of Cardiff, where the they would have if because uh, they're so close to that limit. Um, all it takes is you know. 10 season ticket holders or whatever and their percentage then drops and it just doesn't look right but yeah they're like well we couldn't sell any more tickets you know yeah and that's it and i think maybe that's one of the reasons why um again this is a kind of controversial thing um we talked about this last season because the giants played around with the whole boomerang corner aspect last year and around about how that was going to work and about making sure that fans who are going to be wanting to do boomerang corner bought their season tickets in boomerang corner um but they obviously the belfast giants put out this week their season ticket offer for next season which uh, being Gi- Belfast Giants fans, we are so happy with that because it's significantly like the price for the Belfast Giants season ticket next year. And we're not being told to say this, but the price for the season ticket for the Belfast Giants next year is uncomparable to any other team across the league. It is ridiculous value for money right across yeah. like against any other team in terms of the number of games you're getting and for the actual price that you're paying for. It's it's phenomenal. But I did notice on the press release that the Giants did put out as part of the, the season ticket holder was that they said that from next season, that whole section um, will be on general release um, as part mm. of it. And I know they said they're going to do that this year, but there's still a bit of thing about it wasn't really. It was still people coming in and being able to sit down or whatever it was and they weren't really selling it in the same way. But this year they've kind of said, no, next year we're going to do that. And that's probably one of the reasons why is maybe by having that section open, increase that attendance figure across the whole average and, and I suppose just really increase the number of people coming through the doors. And it makes sense. Anyway, that's enough about attendance figures. <laughs> we like a good figure, but uh, that's enough about attendance figures. Uh, I think we that's like really a good figure. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's not that's the title there, isn't it? Like... <laughs> Love a good figure, like a good figure. <laughs> uh, okay, that's that's fine. Agreed. Um, but 
we have nothing else then for this podcast uh, for this podcast no for this uh, for this period oh my god um, we have no more for this period um, so what we'll do is we will get stuck in we'll move on to our period two of hockey Hello and welcome to period two of hockey, where we'll talk about hockey from uh, around the world outside the United Kingdom. Um, in this case, 100% for the, the NHL. Um, I'll start off with a, um, a bit of a somber note. Um, Alex Ovechkin's father has passed away, so he is taking an extended leave of absence to to be with his family. Um, and we, we wish, we just want to let him know that we're all all thinking about him. You know, he's a regular listener. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was going to laugh. That's right. Um, but yeah, it's something we it is worthwhile worthwhile to note. Um, we will then shimmy on over to. I think we'll go with Marty's first, and okay. then we'll end. <laughs> Yeah, um, that my story um, tonight, uh, the story for my for this period um, is actually a. Um, it's a, I suppose the only way I can I can explain it is it's a breaking story. It's a it's a story that's hot off the presses as of today, um, and it's a significant story. It might look like it's a bit of a boring story, but it actually has a massive significant impact to the NHL, um, and that's why it's been uh, talked about today. The NHL have also put out a press release as of about an hour ago, um, a statement, shall we say, to say that they are aware of the issues that are going on and. That they'll within their they'll make every up they'll make i suppose they'll make everything within their power to ensure that it doesn't impact the overall nhl um and what that story is is for anybody who isn't aware in the states um the rights for uh hockey and the, the rights for i suppose showing hockey um or majority of sports shall we say not just hockey it's also in, this will also impact the sport the likes of the nba and the M- mlb um but in the US, um, there's a group um, called the RSN, which is the Regional Sports Network. Um, it's owned by and shared by a number of different sports broadcasting rights. And that basically the gist of it is that the RSN owns the, the rights to specific regions within the United States and buys the, I suppose, the, the, the franchise to show the games for certain areas and certain teams right across the US. So this, what this means is that they own the rights to show the games on things like the NHL network, MLB network, uh, streaming services, and they also own the rights then to sell it out to broadcast larger broadcasts. So things like TSN, CSN, NBC, all of those then will buy into the rights from this distribution company in terms of the fact that they these guys own the broadcasting ownership um, to show these games. Uh, the story that's came out today is that actually the Diamond Sports Group, which runs the Bally Sports and the Regional Sports Network, um, are going into pretty much bankruptcy, liquidation. Um, there is a significant sum of money that has not been paid out to the franchisees who, who they have owned. And when I say a significant amount of money, um, we're talking millions upon almost billions of money ever heading towards the, 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 the RSN itself. Uh, when it comes to the, um, when it comes to the NHL, so they have 42, they, they're the, NS, the RSN are responsible for 42 different, 42 different professional sports franchises, um, which are going to be impacted by this bankruptcy. Um, but more significantly from our point of view in the NHL, they own 12 of rights to 12 different teams. Um, and this includes the Anaheim Ducks, the Arizona Coyotes, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Dallas All the Dallas Stars, the Detroit Red Wings, the Florida Panthers, the LA Kings, the Minnesota Wild, Nashville Predators, St. Louis Blue, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, 
what this means is that those teams um, in those areas um, are not receiving the money that they're supposed to be getting from these rights. Um, as of today, I think it was announced that these teams are, um, I suppose, at a point where they've missed 140 million pounds worth of payments um, towards the, I suppose, the recipients of those, um, which is a significant amount of money when you think that they have not paid the franchisees. So therefore, these teams, these these these. 12 teams that we're talking about are being significantly impacted by that amount of money not coming into the team and if you think about it like we're talking millions here um but if you think about the the running costs for each of those teams and how much we know we know finally how much the nhl relies on broadcasting rights uh coverage from advertisement revenue the revenue streams from all of those kinds of different things are coming across to so the world you know obviously streaming services and nhl and everything else these teams aren't receiving that money. That money is mm. missing. There's significant amounts of money that each of these teams are now struggling to, to kind of pull together. They have money to still to be spending out on player salaries. They have money to be spending out on arena costs. You think about how much money this is impacting, how much how this money that's not coming in is impacting these teams. So it is a significant story. Uh, it's only breaking tonight. And obviously then by the time it comes to our next podcast, we'll obviously be talking probably a bit more about this. As we mentioned um, right there at the top of the story, the NHL have put that statement to say that they are aware of what is happening and that they will work, I suppose, closely with each of the teams and uh, work closely to ensure that this that that something is is found to fix what is happening. The only downside to it and the only negative part about it is that the well, I suppose the one thing that will happen is that the franchise rights or the the broadcasting rights will go back to the teams. So the teams will take back their own broadcasting rights and then can sell them out again to another vendor, another person to broadcast those for them. But that's going to take significant time. And Mm, we're talking about money that hasn't come in this season and likelihood is it's not going to happen this season. I mean significant impact here dave i mean oh, yeah. i mean it's it's not a story that's it's not a light story it's a it is a significant story that has to that's, that has to be discussed uh, definitely and the thing that gets me is that could it, uh, and it all stems back from the disney acquisition of fox who originally yep. owned rsn um and the uh, regulating body forced disney to sell as they owned espn that was a conflict of uh, interest and okay so how much like um iron maybe get your your thought on that what do you think should the regulators maybe have left it in hands that have billions i was actually about to say maybe what will happen was the nhl come together and like we see more sports going into amazon prime we see more sports going nfl live sports and all that kind of stuff so hopefully one of the big streaming companies will 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 partner up with the nhl and get that sorted and i was like well disney would be but then as you say that that's because they own espn there's one bit that actually made my heart drop there because i was like they missed uh, you, you said this at the start they missed a payment they missed a payment of 140 million which was an interest only loan payment could you imagine how could if <laughs> who who's the CEO of that company? I would not be able to sleep. I have to make a <laughs> a, a payment of a hundred and forty million or the co- oh man, I would be just on the interest. I was yeah, as I was mentioning, bundle of dress. I mean, as I mentioned in the story, 
we're talking hundreds of millions for NHL, but when you put it in the context of MLB, NBA, and NHL franchises, the whole franchises that this um are that they that they hold, the ownership that they hold of these broadcast rights, it's one point eight billion in rights fees to teams that was not paid this year alone. 1.8 billion um, and there's an additional 600 million of interest payments from the debt that they haven't paid off and the fact that they have 600 million of debt from interest rate interest rates and they haven't paid 1.8 billion and they only have a look at they only have cash amount of 585 million i mean <laughs> it's it's ridiculous amounts of money shall we talk about first of all it's hard to kind of get your head around because of the amount of money that we're talking about but it's significant amount of money to when you think about just the sheer costs of the nhl um and just like it's, how- it's, it's mad that it comes to that though because sport especially in america is like, so so lucrative. So huge and so lucrative. How can how can I get to that particular point? Mad. Mad. Crazy. Mad. Um, but the story itself, um, as I say, Dave, um, it will continue on and I'm sure we'll be talking about it um in in, the, in our next episode. Um I, I, I you can only hope that the NHL yes, it goes back to the individual teams, but the NHL, you know, brings them together and go I right. To say, I wonder if we'll see a um Premier League style um, TV rights um, for the NHL because could you imagine the collective bargaining they would have as a an entire group? Yeah, um, it would be it would be a bit crazy. Um, talking about uh, collective collective <laughs> by empire, we'll move on to Aaron's story. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, you never know. Maybe maybe Ryan Reynolds will step in and buy this company too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the the, the story uh, moving on to another uh, company being bought or another t- uh, thing getting bought. Uh, Ryan Reynolds um, has joined uh, the uh, Toronto area real estate group to buy the Iwata Centers. Well, and we talked we talked about this back in November, December, mm-hmm. and yep. that was. I've got to admit, when it first kind of came up, I was like, ah, it's a bit of tongue and take. It's a, it's a bit, bit of a joke. But no, uh, Canadian actor Ryan Reynolds has teamed up with the Remington Group, um, which is a real estate development company, um, to to buy the NHL. We're going to share this article because, or to buy, to buy the NHL. <laughs> because he's, he's going to buy that other streaming oh, company yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah. So, you know, um, and uh, he's uh, in a bid to buy the team. And to build a brand new rink in, in downtown as well. Um, one thing I lo- absolutely loved about this article, um, it's actually further on down. The Remington Group sold R- Reynolds on the vision. In my head, I had it flipped the other way about. I had it that, you know, it was going to be Ryan Reynolds going around to all these bigwigs and big companies give saying, me money. hey, give Gee some money, would you? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But no, the way this article is stated is that the Remington Group sold Reynolds on the vision that they want, what they want to do, and that's something you know, to turn the franchise into a winning state-of-the-art home for the Senators. Yeah, um, which is just I, that when I got to that part of the article, I was like, that boggles the mind. Um, so the idea being that it, Reynolds is the face of the organization, um, and obviously they're seeing what he's done with Wrexham. 
I was um, just about to say that, Aaron. I mean, you're you're right. I mean, if you think about the the Ryan Reynolds effect um, so far in relation to, as you mentioned, Wrexham and the whole thing that's going on. Obviously, he's not the only owner there. Obviously, Rob McElhenney as well is obviously is his joint. Um, you know, his, his joint owner with uh, Wrexham AFC. Um, but I mean, the sheer th- that that effect that this had on Wrexham and the sheer popularity that has happened has came out of the 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 Amazon Prime was it Amazon Prime no it was Disney, Disney. I think Disney Plus yeah. that whole production is part of the you know we are Wrexham or welcome to Wrexham or whatever the show was called I mean and he's saying he's going to do the same here he's yeah. going to bring his what is his his production company called um, um maximum maximum effort Maximum, of course, it's maximum effort. Of course, it is. Um, just, um, but geez. yeah, he he's going to bring maximum effort um, over to to create a show on the buying process, and then um, um, obviously the first season or whatever it might be, if if it happens, it's he's, that's he's, a show I'd watch. He, I mean, he's right. I mean, <laughs> at the, at this time, I think like you can easily say that Ryan Reynolds is just writing his own money. Like he's just printing his own money at this point because he like. Rob McElhenney, I don't know if you've seen the the Wrexham show, um, but there's a just, there's a funny joke right in the very first episode when they talk about the purchase of Wrexham, and Ra- Rob Rob was talking about you know he had this ambition and he wanted to buy it and he you know he fell in love with the idea of it all, but he knew himself based on being a TV star that he didn't have the money and he makes a joke about like you know what I really need is I need movie star money, I need Hollywood money, I need movie star money, I need a telephone company um com- uh, money <laughs> i need a um uh, uh internet security or an internet w- cyber security company money you know that thing and he's like the only person i knew is you know ryan reynolds has it all like he's he's in gin money as well alcohol money yeah. i mean he's just printing team mobile's team mobile's gonna buy his cellular company that's from what i heard i is mean mint, what, mint what, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure T-Mobile are looking to buy it. I mean, he's he's just printing his own money right now, and I guess anything he's touching is is it's turning the gold. He's got the Midas touch, shall we say? Um, and I suppose the Remington Group kind of were like, why wouldn't we get in on this? Like, you know, yeah. why wouldn't we? So, yeah, I think it was it was as you as you as you rightly mentioned there at the start, um, Aaron, when you introduced it, you know, you kind of saying like when we were talking about this in November, it was kind of like a pie in the sky little comment that he made on like the Jimmy Kimmel show or something or one of those shows where he's kind of like, yeah, be nice, it'd be kind of cool. To now, it's like Wasn't actually, it a tweet, though? yeah, oh, I was tweeting, yeah, it started as a tweet. It, it, it was a random tweet that someone tweeted him, and he was like, it was just a, a like an emoji back saying, you know, with a, a thought. Um, yeah, and thinking then, about it or something like that. Yeah, and then I think then it kind of followed up because then someone asked him on Jimmy. I think Jimmy Fallon had asked him, you know, like, is this something you're actually you're thinking about? And he's like, yeah, it's expensive, but you know, if you get the right people, maybe I'll I'll think about it. And so obviously we're at that point now. So, um, positive news for the for Ottawa fans, I guess, moving forward. And and I guess we'll wait and see what where 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 this goes to. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about this story endlessly over the coming year because uh, as things start to kind of pan out in terms of where it's going I think the purchase of this and all of the information has to be done before the end of this season I think if I remember correctly oh, reason, it? I think it's I think it has to be oh, decided wow. on by, by I think it was the deadline for this around about April time this year for for Ooh. something uh, there's something I remember reading back whenever we first talked about the story um, so I don't think there's very much time to wait around before this has to all happen I think it has to take place before the manage the I think it has to take place before the NHL um group meets you know the, the their annual managers gms i think the yeah. i think the g that board the full gm board has to basically okay the final piece of the seal um and that's why it has to be done before then otherwise it'd have to wait till the the following year yeah 
which could yeah. knock, which could have uh, ongoing effects, obviously, because Ottawa or the ownership, obviously the previous ownership of Ottawa are trying to sell it because I think they're just kind of like, well, we can't keep it up or whatever. So I think that that's... that's yeah, the previous owner happened. died last yeah. year and it's his yeah. family are, are trying to keep it afloat just at the moment. So. so it'll be interesting to see where that goes. That It's going to be, uh, as you said, it'll be something we will be watching with bated breath, I think, over the next uh, few months. Um, and I think... If they do it and do it well, Ottawa could be um, a fantastic place for. It's obviously great for hockey at the moment, but somewhere they could maybe make a big, big push and a big challenge. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see because um, I know that the the Toronto uh, TV show they did one not that long ago and it done really well and it sort of bigged up the the fan base a bit of a uh, bit of confidence in them. But yeah, I think that's it'll be really interesting to watch. Um, and with that, period two is really short today. Unless you have anything else. Nope. Well, period one was really long, so <laughs> it was an hour and a bit, so... <laughs> evens out, evens out. <laughs> um, well, with that said, we'll move uh, swiftly on to period three. Well, as the feud continues and John is not here, I will be here to introduce period three. Period three is where we talk about general knocky news. news. We'll, we'll I get really- one. I should really do knocking news to rub the salt in the wound. Like this. Oh, uh, that's what you're doing wrong. Go for it. Go for it. Thank <laughs> you. Just knocking news. Can't do that. Too. Can't do that. Too. Um, here we have. We've only got the two stories, um, and just just as usual, Marty's done the lion's share of the work. We've got two some night uh, two nice stories actually here. Uh, I think we'll start off with the first one, the wee, uh, first hockey game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so these are two quite wholesome stories. Um, just quick wee, quick stories just to throw in, just because these were doing the rounds. The reason why I put these two stories in is because these were both doing the rounds on social media this week, and we're, take, we're drawing a lot of, uh, I suppose, a lot of spectators, a lot of eyes to these two stories, uh, particularly. The first one, as you say, Aaron, is, uh, is all to do with a, 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 young, a young kid, a four-year-old child, who uh, was attending his first ever game um between the red wings and the vancouver canucks uh this kid is a red wings fan um which is easy to tell because he is decked out in his red gear with his um with his little red wings jersey his little red wings hoodie on and a red chain around his neck don't know what that's about but whatever um maybe someone else can enlighten us what that was about but anyway he's in the crowd uh this young kid called george his parents were holding a sign behind his head that just said my first it is my first game um and what actually happened on the night was that the um as you as you know um for anybody who watches the nhl or has maybe seen these um the nhl this year over the last number of years has really made use of the the big massive titan trons as i don't know if they're called titan trons um just i think it's a it's probably a wwe term um which i've kind of just brought what in means um it's you know they use the big giants jumbotron or whatever they call them those big screens in the middle of the arena um but they've been using them over the last year they've used them in this last couple of years to really good effect um obviously we've seen things like the the, the belfast giants of for us here in the elite league are probably the closest team I suppose to the NHL in relation to what we're trying to do with the nighttime, the night experience, the entertainment nights experience. In terms of those kind of things of just utilizing like how we're doing things, so like using the things for like dance cams. Um, Belfast Giants this year have introduced a, a almost like a 
especially in this last part of the season um i don't even know if Aaron, if you've seen this but they we now have this like um like this little spinning wheel at the start where it'll detect it'll determine which camera they're going to use each game um so they'll have they have dance cam they have a bongo cam then i have a karaoke cam which is just which was done the other the other night which was just brilliant like everybody was just singing along to this game they had that they had all the words just going across i think it was journey don't start believing yeah it was just Crazy. <laughs> people really got into it like really really got into it they have robot cam which means you have to do a robot dance kiss cam so yeah you get the idea so the NSL this in the last couple of years have been obviously using it, utilizing it for whatever way it is and we've we've seen this year on especially on tiktok which has came f- quite famous uh showing some of these they've had like the, the, the they've had this the lookalike one where they've had like you know where they find like a a celebrity or they're finding characters and they did it at christmas time where like they had the grinch and then they panned to someone who looked like the grinch or they had like santa claus and they panned to a man who looked like Santa. so you, you get the idea um but as part of this game uh this red wings game they panned to the crowd were obviously to show this little kid on the camera because obviously his parents put up the sign to say this is his first game so they, they put him on camera um, and if you watch the video the crowd goes nuts and they're like yeah they're all cheering it's all heartwarming and whatever else so the genius behind the camera then decided hmm let's utilize, utilize this in some way let's let's get this going and so he kept swinging the camera around to uh the uh the opposing fans so he'd pick out um a vancouver fan two vancouver fans or three vancouver fans in the crowd and then people would just start booing as loud as they could in arena. this was massive booze and then they'd swing the camera back around to this little kid george and then everyone would cheer for george and george george for his first game was loving it and by the time it came towards the end of it you could see george was just like his face is brilliant <laughs> if you haven't seen the video it's so heartwarming it's wholesome content um and it'll definitely warm up your day if you haven't seen it so uh give it a, a watch for a few minutes and uh it'll definitely brighten up your day especially if you're having a bad day um I'll watch it with the sound on yes and just with the, with the, the headphones on or something like yeah. that it's amazing i mean the one thing um, i would say about it is like this kid i mean he like for his first game it's just something he's gonna remember without a doubt it's i worked out what the change for him so i'm already oh what, what can you lighten us you know what it is you know what the you know remember like the 90s the big clock that yeah. they would have wore with the chain it's yep. that but it's got a red wings logo um... and the big red chain is class nice <laughs> nice <laughs> you want you want the giants one right? i want, a, want giant a, one, a, t- a tail one, <laughs> a tail one. Um... i want my rhinestones and all <laughs> <laughs> very 90s it's, in, it's, it's 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 very in you know retro retro's in these days oh yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah as we find out well, retro was anything that uh was like when we started following the jazz yeah retro is now anything that has yes. any giants look on it and why why not in here Did, was, was that a story or is that just us us chatting about that that was a someone, selling a, someone that was, was selling a jersey <laughs> find a retro jersey from three years ago yeah i know retro jersey and it's not even like it was about three or four as you said Aaron, it was like three or four years old it's not even that old i mean yeah. anyway uh, anyway like our, like our retro stats that you were giving a stick about that's it yeah, exactly <laughs> um the last story that i have um before we run off this period is um i don't know if you guys have seen this uh so this is in the ahl in the american hockey league um this was a <laughs> the first time i think it's the first time i've seen this but this actually now now it's the second time i've seen a goalie celebration this week um yours uh, why did i pick out a story where the name is really difficult to pronounce um yaroslav askarov um basically um was in a overtime shootout um and the obviously he 
pull off a, a significant save for the Milwaukee a- Admirals and then decided to celebrate his 45 save uh, shutout victory um, by um, using okay. the goals as a, I suppose, um, a, bre- a, best, a bench press is the only way. Yeah. yeah. So he, he yeah. wins the game and as soon as the game is won, he pulls the, the goals down over himself and starts to bench press the goals. The reason I put this in is it is the first time I think I've ever seen a goalie celebrate um, in the way we always see, we see, we see a goal. We see those people, we see players who score those all important goals. We see that happening all the time. They get to celebrate and they do their, you know, their, their shots and they do the celebrations of the crowd and they get to go into the crowd and take in all of the admiration and stuff. Why don't we see more goalies taking the moment to just take in and, and actually celebrate their, their, their significant players? This is a significant play for this goalie. And he just was like, I'm going to celebrate. But I, I, let me ask the story of, apart from this one, and I know this past weekend, our own Beskarani in Belfast Giants did, I don't know if it was he fell maybe on the ice before he did this or what was happening, but there's this, there's a there's a video going around where he's on the ice and he's like got his hands in the air and he's cheering. I was like, did he fall? And he's just trying to make light of it or is it celebrating? My, story, my question was to you guys though, after seeing this one, have you seen any other celebrations? Doesn't have to be a goalie celebration, but... If it's goalie one, perfect. But have you ever, A, seen a goalie celebration similar to this one? And B, is there any celebrations that have taken place in your time of watching hockey that sticks in your mind? Dave, we'll go to you first. There's been a few... I'm trying to remember. Celebrations are always a funny thing because obviously they all mean so much at the time. But you see so many. I don't think I've seen any over the top uh, goalie celebrations. You see the usual, well, you know, the, the, you the know, one that I always really like. And all that jazz, you know. Aaron, go ahead. Well, while, Dave, while, while Dave's thinking, the one that I appreciate it's not quite uh, a celebration at the time, but Beskowani at the end of the game, at, at mm. the goal, at the end of the game, coming up to. To, I know you were talking about him doing the wavy thing, Hans, and <laughs> a minute ago, but that's I'm just talking about a general game celebration where he comes up, gets low, and then way at at uh, at, uh, at, the, at the corner. Like that's that's really nice. Um, I always I always appreciated that one. What I have done though, while while Dave's thinking, um, used the good old Google and I went onto YouTube, mm-hmm. um, and I've shared a video full of. Uh, NHL goalie celebrations. Um, it's a it's a lot of guitars, <laughs> so it is. Um, um, uh, oh, like you see in bolt poses, crossing the arms. Um, definitely take a chance to to watch that. The I put one up, but it's it's uh, not safe for work. But you know, I got it. Um, but the, this season, the best one has to be the you know the. That, what do you even yes, call that? Yes, the money one that was like the money shot or something. I don't know, but it was like a <laughs> fine. Yeah, the yeah. Da- David Javert. Was that what it was? Yeah. It was like a yeah, classic. Yeah. <gasps> Dave, we can't share that on the film. It's not safe for work. I should have said that. Not- <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant, oh though. <laughs> um, hang on. Yeah, no idea here. Marty. I'm, I'm no, there's no, there's. This is great for a podcast. We're just going quiet all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
it's so unfortunate because I think Dave's won this, but I don't think we can share that on the website. No, we can't. Oh my god, there's no way we could share that. Oh my god. Anyway. No. Anyway, I'll just go with my, my just to finish off the story. Uh, the the goalie the, the celebration. If anybody wants it. Yeah. Tweet us and we'll send it directly to you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sharing non-safe, sharing non-safe for work content. That's uh, that's a new, that's a new level. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, just to finish off the story, my the one that stands in my head, and the reason why I mentioned it was it's not a goalie celebration; it's a Belfast Giants celebration that I do remember that always sticks in my head. Is um, Murph Murphy? Um, so forward murphy not goalie murphy um his celebration that turned in they turned it into a poster you know where he kind of done the the earth thing and then he like the flick the badge you know where he's kind of like you know that proud moment where he's kind of like the, with the badge and stuff that always sticks yeah. out for me and i think they've used that as promotional stuff but it does stick out um but it'd be interesting to see if anybody else has any particular moments or particular celebrations that stand out or kind of have stuck in your head for so many years let us know what your what your what your uh, what those what those are um and why they stand out in your head um okay <laughs> kind of that takes us that to, excitement that's it um so, I, yeah i think that takes us to the end of period three um we do have we did do we not have any penalty boxes at all this nothing this, this, this wow okay um well marty i'll let you take us into overtime yep um so that takes us to the end of you say it takes us to the end of our period three and takes us into our overtime uh section of this episode um before we switch off this episode before we close out the episode we do have one question um for the overtime segment which uh comes in from our, our friend as we called it as we've changed our mar- our overtime segment to ask mark asks segment um our friend mark uh, at pence 67 has sent us in a twitter competition um or sorry twitter question um courtesy of um well I suppose the the news that today, obviously, of the Belfast Giants signing and obviously the signings that have happened over this last week or two. Um, so, question, guys. I'm going to go to each of you. Um, so, Dave, we'll come to you first. So, the question Mark is putting to us is, which in-season signing do you think has helped turn the Belfast Giants season around the most? <clears throat> yeah, I think it seems a bit cheap. Cheap is probably the wrong word. But the you know an easy out because um, you I want to say Besco, but we knew what we were getting with Besco. We knew he was going to be impact, um, and he's done a stellar job since he's returned. Um, and we, we sort of we felt that that was going to be the case. Um, not to say that Jones wasn't good. Um, he just he just wasn't Besco. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Um, but if you discount. Um, Besco, I would say um, Cooper. Cooper, whatever his name is, the, the, the nickname they give him. G Cooper. Um, G Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. Cooper. 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 Cooper and Meeper. Cooper number two. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's fair, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, how about yourself? Is there any particular players you think has made a significant impact? I was very similar to, to Dave. Um, there, well, there was two. The two things I thought of. One was, of course. I think it's just the bias of, I think everyone was really happy just to get Besco, Besco back anyway, no matter what. Um, but I don't, I, as I, as we talked about, I like a stat. So I went back <laughs> to see, you know, at what point did, did things start to really like make a change? And it was kind of like that. It was end of November, start of December, where we started to see that 
oh, I think we're going by the what we've got on the website. We saw that that uptick, and like Besco was coming up, but we did make a few other changes there at the time. So, it, I don't know if there was one significant change that uh, done it. How much of it was to do with getting rid of a particular person? Ooh. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's, that's a, a question. That's that's a good argument, Dave. That is good. You know, was there toxicity within the team? We we we've heard rumors that there's toxicity within the team at, at one point, mm. and you know we can only go on hearsay and what we've heard, and we don't know any factual information about that. But everything alleged alleged but yeah we have players who left at certain times and things did significantly change we went through a slump and then all of a sudden we came out of that slump as Aaron says around that December time when things changed and players were let go and significant changes were made by by coach Kiefer um that is that does play a big part of it for me I think you know it's 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 hard it's 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 tough because as you say there's been you know Besco's notable it's a notable comment to make Besco and we are biased you're 100% right Aaron we're biased because we all love Besco like we're 100% Besco fans um, and whenever they were sent back people when he came back in of course he was going to have some rink rust he hadn't played hockey before, since last season he hadn't played at competitive hockey so he came in and obviously he was trying to get his feet back on the ice he was trying to get used to that whole comfort again back on the ice and all the paths and everything else and yes okay his first game or two was a bit rough and a bit rusty and whatever else and people were like oh let's get why did they bring him in blah 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 and I remember saying to one person I was like uh, are you still complaining about bringing Besco in after the the, that, the Challenge Cup game and it was just like this you know anyway uh, for me it's not Besco Besco was definitely notable uh, I think Besco was significant but I, as I said before when Besco was signed I don't think Besco was what we needed at the time um, obviously we didn't know Jones was going to be leaving but did Jones make that decision about leaving after Besco was signed or did he make the decision before Besco was signed we don't know um, it was a week later though wasn't it pr- pretty much yeah um, but we, but I had said I've been saying from the start West was having a fantastic season and I was very confident in West actually this season and mm. you know so Besco yes great great signing for comfort to have two great goaltenders yep for me it's a tough one it's a toss up between Roach bringing Roach mm-hmm. in Roach has been fantastic uh, since he came in really has added that defensive line especially with the fact that Rainer was gone and we were really short with Rainer leaving and then there was that whole real kind of panic at the point where we had, we'd lost the defenseman there so that was one um, but the other one for me probably adding a bit of firepower and a bit of assistance and, and everything else up front has to be Hook Oh, uh, yeah. Hook, Hook coming in, coming yeah, back into the team. You know, 100% forgot he came back. <laughs> yeah, Lewis Hook signing was something that was just like, when Lewis Hook signed back, people were like, yeah, it's a great solid signing. But since he's came back, he has yeah, came back and he's returned on top form and he's been fantastic. And I think it's really notable. So for me, it's it's tough. It's a toss up between both. Um, Mark, just before for reference, Mark is saying, I'm just going back to what he said. Yeah, Mark is saying, I'm going to go for Hook because firstly, he's been fantastic, but also to be able to get the second line from last season together again has been really made a difference um, where we no longer depend on the top line for scoring alone, um, which is a really good point. Um, so yeah, Hook for me as well, that's I would good say. reasoning. Yeah. yeah. Um, guys, I think that's it. That's the only question for this week. Um been a lot to talk about um and uh, i'm sure as the the next as i mentioned at the start of the podcast i'm sure as we are leading in towards the end of the season the next especially the next two podcasts actually our next podcast recording is going to be an interesting one because the intro the next podcast recording will be technically the night after the challenge cup final um we'll have to see if we're actually going to be in any fit state for that because obviously yeah. uh, we are planning 
we're planning a drink or two maybe on the night of the challenge cup so we'll see how we feel the next day um but um we will hopefully be bringing you another podcast in two weeks time which will be officially the day after the challenge cup so we hope we're in a good form rather than bad form um so let's let's hope for that um but we'll take that to the end of this week's episode as usual you can get in contact you can get you can reach out to us give us a shout tell us what stories to include in our podcast uh you can reach us on all of our social media channels uh twitter facebook and instagram door 14 hockey uh check out this episode and all the content from this episode as well as our previous episodes and content from there on our website at door 14 hockey.com you can as always we, we we'd ask if you have a moment to uh like share subscribe whatever it is um to your, your on your podcast provider of choice um share share with your friends uh we'd really appreciate it um and that's really it for this week uh i will sign off i'm marty i'm dave i'm aaron have a great week <laughs> <laughs>